Hi, welcome to NDE TV. I'm Peggy Robinson. Today's guest is Tyler Deal, and he is going to tell us about his amazing near-death experience. So hi, Tyler. Hi, Peggy. Thank you for having me on and creating this platform for, for other people to talk about their experiences. You're welcome. I really enjoy it because I've had two NDEs myself. So it's just yeah. what I'm really interested in hearing about. Awesome. Wonderful. So um, you're free to take the floor and take as long as you like and uh, go as much detail as you like. And okay. okay, wonderful. Thank you. So my experience, my NDE happened in 1997. So that was 25 years ago. I was 20 years old. I was living in Northern California in a little town called Arcata, going to uh, Humboldt State University. I was actually out of state. I grew up in Washington State and came down there for school. Um, before the accident, I had a, an accident. I, had, um, I was in a very depressed state within myself. Um, you know, I would, I would say like a lot of 20 year olds are just trying to figure out, you know, life and, and how to figure things out. But I, I don't, um, I couldn't really compare my experience to other people because I was very quiet about being so depressed and um, I never sought out any help from anybody. Um, I figured that it was just a stage in my life that I was going through until I felt that it was getting worse and worse. And um, it was a feeling, it wasn't just something I would think about and then be depressed about it. It was an actual, it was physiological and visceral. So it would come into my body and I would feel this deep, deep sadness. I would feel that I really didn't want to be here on our planet. And um, I began to actually have kind of a one-way conversation, I would say, with God, with Source, and um, say that I don't want to be here. And I would say that almost every day as I was feeling these feelings. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. I never really thought about hurting myself or doing or suicide. I, 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 um, I've heard stories, but it wasn't something that sounded like that's how I wanted to go. So I would just say, I'm ready to go. Um, I don't want to be here. I'm not happy if I can't be here anymore. And I remember one day in particular, I was biking through town and I, I felt like I had had it and I didn't want to go any further. So I kind of screamed out. I looked up and I screamed out and say, please take me. I can't stand this. I don't want to be here. Um, please take me. I'm not happy. So... From that space, I would say it was a few days later, maybe four days later or so, I, would, um, I went biking in the Redwood Forest, and it was something that I had done quite regularly. It was, I always felt very connected to nature, and I felt like um, the woods in particular, the, these redwood trees, they felt like family. They felt like incredible beings to me that were there to support me and help me. So that's, that's where I went when I would feel this way. So I went into the Redwood Forest on this particular day. It was really no different than the other times. I, I knew the trails. Um, I knew the jumps. And um, it was morning time. 
I would say maybe nine or so in the morning and the fog was just clearing and the sun was coming out. Um, so when I had kind of finished my little excursion through the woods, I would take one trail that would take me kind of back to town and it was a downhill trail and I had several jumps going down the hill. And, um, so I kind of, I knew the trails, I was familiar with the jumps. So on this, this day, this day that I had, you know, I was returning home and I, I hit one of the jumps, but I had realized that as soon as I hit the jump, I would say, you know, I had been on that, I, I had took that jump maybe two days prior, but as soon as I hit the jump, I noticed that somebody had really built it up. I mean, it was practically vertical going straight up. And as soon as I hit it, I didn't have a helmet. I don't know if I mentioned that, but I never really wore a helmet. Um, I just I thought they were kind of stupid and I wasn't smart in that regard. And um, so I didn't, you know, I didn't think I was ever going to crash basically. So going back, I hit this jump. And as soon as I hit it, I, I knew it was, I was done. I was like, oh, I'm dead, you know. So I flew up into the air. I came down on my front tire. Um, the next thing to hit rapidly was my handlebars on the top of my head. And then my head scraped and I hit my neck. So I kind of came around like this. And then my, my back plop, plopped onto the ground. And that's the, I was out, my consciousness was out. The next thing I remember, uh, it was kind of, I was dis disassociated from my body. It was actually floating up above the trees, the redwood forest. And um, the redwoods have this long trunk. And then at the top, there are these beautiful crowns of needles there. So I was floating above there, but it wasn't like my body was floating like an astral type projection. It was, it was my consciousness. I was aware of myself. I couldn't even, you know, I described it as kind of like a ball of light, but it wasn't really even a ball of light. It was, it was almost just like my eyes could see everything and I could feel this energy around me, but I knew it was me. <laughs> And it felt very familiar to me. It felt, you know, more familiar and um, better than I did in the body that I was experiencing all this depression. And I just remember this, this, just this total peace I was feeling. It was, there were no thoughts about any of the things I had been experiencing, complete peace, um, silence. And I, looked around and I could just see incredible detail, the, the incredible colors and the detail of the, the redwood needles on the, on the trees and, um, and the sky. And then I could begin to, it was almost like I could feel the presence of the trees and that they were there and they were supporting me and they knew that I was there. And- had a strange feeling getting used to our new eyes. Yeah, yeah, it is a it is a very strange feeling. It was it was very surreal. So I'm trying to I'm you know this was 25 years ago, but it was still it's still very vivid. And 
um, I could see, I could actually hear the ocean. The ocean wasn't that far away, maybe five or 10, mo 10 miles away. I could hear birds calling out far away. I could feel the wind moving through me. It was, it was an incredible experience. And, you, and so you had new hearing also, because normally you wouldn't have heard the ocean that far away. No, no, no way. You would have, yeah, you would, wouldn't hear an ocean from 10 miles away. So that became, um, so that was, that was, and then I remember looking down at my body and it was a little confusing at first, but then I realized, oh, that's my body. And I was all kind of curled up on the ground and I knew I was dead. Um, and I took a moment to kind of experience what I was experiencing. It's almost like I didn't want to look back down at my body. Um, this part of me wanted to keep experiencing it. But the, at that moment, a question came up. Um, it wasn't like a thought. It was like a knowing question. Do you want to go further or do you want to go back? And my instant reaction was, I don't want to die. And as soon as I said that, I was back in my body, actually saying the word die, like, I don't want to die. It, it, it woke me up. And my, I remember my eyes opening. I remember that I, I, was, <gasps> I was, was trying to breathe. It was because my breath had been, you know, knocked out of me. I was, maybe that was my, like my spirit or my soul coming back in my body. And I was trying to breathe. And, and then the pain <laughs> was just incredible. And I had wondered, oh, why did I, why did I say I wanted to come back? I was, it was just, um, it was neurological, um, neuromuscular pain, stabbing, um, electrical. I, I can't even give all the descriptive words. It was just, it was full body pain. Um, I could feel it from my toes up to my head. As this was happening at the same time, because my eyes were open, they were still a little blurry. I could see fairies coming down from the trees and they were moving around me. They were dive bombing me. They were going back up. I heard little giggles. What they look um, like? I, they look like the, you know, like in a way like Tinkerberry fairies, Tinkle, Tinkle, what is it? Tink, tinker, Tinkerbell? Know, anyway, yeah, yeah. Those, it was like that. It was like, um, what people actually, you know, they, how they draw them and you see them on the internet or it was, it was very, um, very similar little bodies with wings and um, light little garments on the, on their bodies. And um, uh, you know, there were, there were females and males and um, um, different colored hair and, and um, yeah, it was just, it was, I mean, I'm feeling all this pain, but I'm seeing this and I'm thinking, wow, like what's going on? <laughs> and also what was happening was very interesting. I, I could, I heard these tones and I didn't know this at the time. I actually found this out a little bit later on, but I heard these tones. It was almost like, this, it was like a Tibetan singing bowl, but it was these ringing sounds coming from the trees, which I had found, like I get, like I said, I found out um, later on and it wasn't just in my ears. It was my full body. And I felt like 
the trees, what they were, what they were doing is they were healing me. They were communicating with each other and they were healing me. So I'm experiencing this awe and this amazing, I'm having this amazing, amazing visual and auditory experience at the same time going through this pain. And I just remember my focus came back to my pain and I took a few breaths and I was out again. So excuse me, I'm just going to take a little drink of water yeah, here. That's fine. I'm not, not used to drink, uh, talking so much. So I lost consciousness and the next thing I remembered, I was in the hospital. Didn't really know that when I opened my eyes because I heard the doctor. Uh, he was leaning over me, kind of had this curly hair and these, these small spectacles. And I, it felt surreal. <laughs> I felt like, oh, am I in another weird dream like space? And he was, he was saying to me, he was looking at me and he was saying, uh, you're very lucky. You're very lucky. You didn't die. You're very lucky. You didn't break any bones. You're very, and I kept hearing this. And then my, you know, um, I became more and more aware of him and he was repeating this over and over again. And then he started to ask me questions, you know, what's your name? Didn't know that. Where are you from? I uh, didn't know that. Where are you right now? I didn't know that. Um, he even asked me if I was a man or a woman, and I didn't know that either. Um, and then he, he asked me what my, num my phone number was, and I said I, I didn't know. And he said, well, do you know any numbers? And I just blurted out a number that I had in my memory. In my memory, I must have, and it was a family friend. And they ended up coming and getting me. It was, I would say it was, I think the, the hospital records show it was around five or six o'clock by the time I get out, got out of the hospital. And I got to the hospital. It was, I think, around two, two o'clock. So I wasn't there very long. But um, that just shows me that back into the for in the forest, I must have been there. I four hours, three hours, at least. Did someone come along that path and find you? And that, that's, that's a great question because I, I asked that because I wanted to thank the, the person. And they said that they had absolutely no phone record or no record of anybody calling in or calling in the accident. Wow. And I still don't know to this day um, how I was found I still don't know to this day how I got from there to the hospital. I know that I, I there's no way that I could have biked my way um, just being out on the, the ground. They didn't say if a squad brought you in? No, they didn't oh. say anything. They didn't have any record of anything because oh. I actually called, I actually called them. Um, yeah, Peggy, I called them like two months later and I was trying to get more information and I just couldn't, um, they, they couldn't, Normally, they have a, a 911 record on call that you can supposedly you can find the person so you can go thank them. So I wonder if it, you know, it could have been something, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking later on, well, you know, the fairies picked up the phone. Or <laughs> so, yeah, so I was. You I was have in... a memory, you know, who knows, yeah. you know. 
Who knows? Yeah, yeah. So the next thing, I was picked up by our family friends. They were they were older, but they gave me a, um, you know, they gave me a space in my own little room where I could rest. And um, I was sleeping on their on their couch. Um, I was still very incredibly disoriented. I was on pain medications and um, I was in a lot of pain. I didn't break anything, but I could, you know, I still got up and used the bathroom and ate, but it was very hard to move. And eventually my mom came down and picked me up from Washington and flew me back. So, yeah, see from here, I, I think for me, my main goal at that time was just getting out of this body pain. And I didn't like the medication I was taking, the, the painkillers. I saw a lot of neurologists that basically just gave me painkillers and I didn't have an explanation. You know, they, they took an MRI, I had a, um, an X-rays, I had a C7 slipped disc, which was ca causing limited mobility in my shoulders and my arms. Um, my, my memory was slowly coming back after time. Um, you know, by the next day, I'd, I knew my name, but, but remembering everything that happened and details about the last two years in college, that took a while. I didn't. All I can think of is be careful what you pray for. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. You know, be careful what you pray for, because I was asking for that over and over and over again, and I got it. And I didn't want to kill myself, but I still got what I thought I wanted. And, you know, it's not really, it was a depressed state. It wasn't really who I was and who I really who I really am and was shown to me at that moment when I was above the trees. And I believe that that part of me that's connected to God knew what was best for me and um, said that it wasn't time, you know? So it strange how so guided these things are your experience, our experiences are because <clears throat> you had a love for those trees. That was your safety place. And you got to experience the trees during your NDE. I think that, it's just so guide, like divine intervention. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's, I had that connection and it was like the support was still there. You know, they're beings I didn't, didn't see, you know, I didn't see angels or I didn't meet old family members, but I had those trees that, that, that are my family and they were supporting me. So yeah, that's great that you see, you see that. Um, trying to think where to go from here. I, I really don't know. Um, I, well, my healing process, basically, I, I didn't want to do anything traditional because I saw that it wasn't helping me. So I did seek out alternative therapies for my body and my own healing. And I found incredible people that were able to help me fairly quickly, actually, within I would say six to nine months, I was completely out of my neurological pain from <clears throat> going to a network chiropractor, um, and which is a, a non-intrusive, um, very gentle um, form of chiropractic that deals specifically with 
the nervous system, which was perfect for me because that's where I had my neurological damage. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I mean, I was 20 when I, the accident happened. And a few months later, I had turned 21. I, it, it's like I had no desire to do things that other 20, 21s did. I never drank or did anything. So it was about my own personal journey at that point, healing my body and figuring out, you know, why I'm here because I was given this, even though I asked to go, I was given another opportunity to come back and to be here. Well, so you, it became a... I'm sorry. Even though you had less pain being back with your mom at home, was that a comfort to you? Maybe that's where you needed to be. I'm wondering, since you were so depressed. It was a comfort to me. You, you know, um, it was very interesting, too, because as, as far as my parents are concerned, um, like I always knew that they loved me very much. But but, you know, when you're a teenager growing up, you, you don't want to have anything to do with your parents. You just want to get away. And I ended up going two states away to go to college. When I was laying on the couch waiting for my mom to come pick me up, I had an experience. It was um, I felt this. I felt my parents. I could feel their emotions from from just laying there. And I could feel that my mom and my dad were very worried. They were very concerned. And and then I could feel this deep sadness, specifically from my dad. It was it was like he didn't really didn't want to lose his son, and and um, he wanted to you know maybe possibly build a better connection with me, which ended up happening over the years because I felt always felt closer to my mom. But yeah, when I when we went when I went back up to Washington State. Yeah, I did have that nurturing. I did have that comforting. I did have the the support that I needed to um, to to heal and just to figure out my life basically and what I wanted to do next and where I wanted to go. So, yeah, that's beautiful. It just seems like <laughs> you know you were in this state. I mean, you weren't thinking about suicide or hurting yourself. You just weren't happy here, and this thing happened, and you ended up home and getting even though you were in pain and, and you know, it was a bad thing, but it's like, it's like so amazing. The divine intervention knows what we need. And, and you, we were asking, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's, that's what I needed. I mean, I could have ultimately just dropped out of college and gone back home and, and received the nurturing I wanted to, but um, that's just not the space I was in. I just, I, I felt like I needed that little push or, or, um, something to actually happen to show me how precious it, precious it is uh, being here, that, that life really is a gift. And, um, and like you said, be careful what you ask for. <laughs> um, be clear. Of, I had a tragedy in 2001, right before 9-11. Well, actually, right after 9-11. And... I was just that day I was praying to God. Uh, we were in the mall Christmas shopping, but in my head, I just started saying this prayer is really scared about starting law school. And I was like, God, because there's some way I could get out of this. I was like too scared to start. We'd already moved the kids up there. My husband got a temporary job there, you know, we're too, in Michigan. We're from Ohio. We're in the city. I'm used to the country. And I, would, I got cold feet because it's $20,000 a semester. So if I fail, you know, that's going to be a lot of money for, especially back 
then, you know, 20 years ago. And, and so I was like, and I just kind of said this prayer out of my desperation inside myself, like, is there any way I can get out of this and save face that night? We had a knock on our door and it, and it, the next day and the stuff happened and it was such a huge tragedy to our family. And it took like a long time, like 10 years later for me to realize, because I could always see the good in something. Okay. This bad thing happened, but here's this good in it. this. I said, God, I will never see the good in this. Why this happened. And then I started remembering, I asked for it. Yeah. Yeah. So I say, be careful right. what you pray for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely a through line. I think, you know, with, um, a lot of, a lot of life, you know, because, because we don't realize all the time that we are creating with our words and with our, you know, with our connection, whether we feel like we have a connection to, to God or not, you know, we are still, um, being active and and what we're um creating and what and what god wants for us so and we forget yeah, very they're interesting listening. <laughs> they're yeah. listening all the time <laughs> and yeah. it's like do they really know when to take us literal or <laughs> right right yeah <laughs> but i mean such divine um knowledge though on the other side because they know how to make these situations to get you where you need to be we couldn't have thought of this so, you know, okay, this is the situation I need to make me now feel like this and now understand this. We can't do that. Right. Or, or go a particular place or meet a particular person. Um, you know, whatever the situation is, have a particular experience um, that knows better than our small little ego mind might know. We just have, we have no way of knowing unless we start to see, you know, um, our connection becomes stronger, I think. And we begin to listen to that. Some of the guests come on and they say, you are God. I am God. We create this. We create, well, are you kidding me? That's not my experience. <laughs> my experience is to seeing the divine intervention interacting my life. Now that I'm older, I can see, but you know, all those decades before I couldn't put the pieces of the puzzle together. It's like, oh gosh, this happened, yeah. this happened. Why? And then as, as you get older, like you, you know, you can see how this was orchestrated for you. Just my yeah, it's, it's, it, and it's something that's, you know, it takes learning to that. Yeah. I mean, you can say that you, you know, you are God and everything is one, but it's, um, and you know, everything is love, but, but love can be really tough. You know, if, you know, it's like God says, Oh, you, you, you want to know what divine love is. You're going to have to, it, you're going to have to learn how to sh shed the light on, on everything. I mean, that's a huge, that's a huge responsibility, right? So um, leave that up to, to God, not, not you. <laughs> and the guest was saying the other day, he's like, um, he ended up wanting his video taken down, but so I did, but he was, he kept trying to force me into agreeing and I couldn't agree. He said, God is in everything. I'm like, uh-uh, because -uh. I'm thinking, you know, murder and all these horrible things like God's not in that. That's not of God. You know, we do things that are not of God. Sometimes it has nothing to do with right. God. You know, somebody comes bracing your house right now. That's not God that sent them there. That's somebody that's not in tune with God 
and going against God, you know, right. it's my thinking. So anyway, yeah, I, that I, makes sense. Yeah, I just get off on the, my mind just goes and goes when you spark my interest like this. And the, yeah, <laughs> no, that's fine. Out. It's a conversation. It's not just about me. So but it can be, but you know, it's your, it's your show is what oh, I should say. It's your yeah. I no, just, no, no. It's fascinating. Yeah. You're just fascinating yeah, me. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Because I, um, now you have some kind of gift, right? Yes. So, um, I don't have really a label for it. Um, I know everybody's into labeling gifts and saying, uh, Anyway, it doesn't matter. It, it's it's an intuitive gift, basically, and um, so you could say that it's healing, but it's it's really it's really source um, doing. Source can o only be the one that does the healing, I believe. So you know, we have people like the person that I saw for my um, chiropractic. He, you know, he could move energy. He could see energy. He could work with the body but he also knew that this was the chi the flow the flow of energy from source that moved through him so um for me yeah that's what i do i work with people um and i just listen i listen to them and i listen to where they go and um i would say that you know the the divine energy comes through and helps make the corrections that it needs to make um for you know if somebody it doesn't matter what kind of situation it could be physical. It could be mental, emotional, spiritual, however, anybody wants to label that it could be trauma, but the energy seems to just be directed to maybe a certain part of the body or a certain part of um, their awareness. And it just helps to um, make clearings and corrections and balances. That's the best way I can really describe it. Um, it's something that I had actually kind of began to develop about three years after my accident. And then I kind of began to push it away a little bit because I was still, I was still dealing with a lot of um, issues And actually this accident brought up issues and healing that took many years. So when people talk about having like a quick awakening, um, mine was as slow as a snail. <laughs> You know, and so um, I began to work with just families and, and friends and with this gift. And I never really wanted to be totally public with it. I learned body work. I did body work for many years. Uh, I went to massage school and took a program for over a thousand hours. And then I took continuing education. I had my own practice for many, many years. Um, and um, I began to notice that people were actually having results with their issues, um, doing body work. And then I began to kind of incorporate this energy work, this remote distant energy work with, um, as I moved away from, uh, well, there's a lot, there's so much that happened in 25 years, but, but as I moved away from body work, I began to focus more on this distant healing work i guess that's what you could call it it's like distance healing but i don't like to give labels to it so do you do that like this where you can see them or is this on the phone yeah i could do it on the phone um i i can do it on you know whatsapp or facebook messenger um 
um, yeah, just like this, just like we're talking right now, basically. So like yeah. they would say, heal me, and you would say, okay, I see this and you needs, or how's that work? Well, I would just be like, you know, let's, I would figure out why they're coming to see me, first of all, and um, try to get a, a little bit of background and ask some questions. And it's really about asking questions with the people and listening. And I, I tend to hear, I tend to hear kind of more of what's going on than the surface. So I can kind of get a sense, but as they're talking to me, I feel this energy coming through. So it's almost like as soon as the conversation begins, um, I feel this energy coming through me and the energy begins to make the changes as the person talks. I might say something like, oh, okay, so I'm noticing a spot, you know, um, in your low back, you know, or they'll tell me I have pain in my low back and I'll ask them, you know, tell me about that more. And as they're telling me, the, um, the energy comes through and makes, I might not know exactly what it would be, but the divine knows better than I would. So I, I kind of step out of the way in this process and let, let God kind of show me what needs to be done. And then, um, you know, that low back pain could be something that happened when they were six and they fell off a bike or um, their father was yelling and screaming at them and they got lodged in um, the, you know, the lower lumbar vertebrae or something like that, or in the DNA. So um, that's part, I would say that's part of my gift, but it's also helping people just to release resistance to life. And that's what, you know, the, in, in India, they would call karma would be resistance to life. So if we can find those areas where people are resisting life, um, we can help them begin to move back into to the flow of life. How do you think it works? Do you think that it was something during your near-death experience that changed you, that made you um, in, an empath? that you can pick up on that and do you feel like that light comes in you and you send that to them i mean what's your theory <clears throat> i well um i guess there's two things there i think with my near-death experience more of who i really am on a higher level uh, maybe not all of that part of me but a lot of that part of me came back during my near-death experience and it just began to unfold within me and show me what I needed to work on. So my process with healing has always been to work on myself um, first. And I mean, if people come, people come, you know, if they don't, they don't, that's fine. But, but if I can do my own inner work, then, then, you know, whether that's healing my body or my mental emotional system or whatever is happening within, then, um, then I kind of know that kind of gives me a baseline of how to be able to work with people like, oh, I did this specific thing. You know, I, I moved the energy in a certain way within myself. I wonder if it would work with somebody else, but it wouldn't. But yeah, like it's, it's more like when I'm working with people, I'm in a very silent place and I'm listening from my heart, which is the most important thing to do. And then the, the energy just kind of comes through and um, see it's and, and goes where it needs to, 
to go to help that person. Does that, that is that your question? Yeah, that makes sense. Because when you said who I am on a higher level, and I think we get yeah. to know that person on the other side during a near death experience, we experience ourselves out of our body. We are just our spirit. And that is who we are on a higher level than we were before. And when we come back, we aren't just that all the time. It seems to me like we can access that by paying attention to, oh, I'm being a butt. You know, I need to, I didn't have words for it, but that, that works pretty well. Who I am on a higher level, like our best yeah. self. We, cause we know what that felt like um, when we were in our NDE and out of our body, when we were in that, I say land of knowing, um, and or when we were in heaven or you know out of body whatever we were we were in that land and in that land we are our soul like our soul yes. self that who we are at a higher level and i know personally and i imagine it's the same for everybody we just don't put words to it like you know i'm being a butt right now i need to be back to who i am on a higher level you know we don't say that and yeah um, and I kind of mentioned while well, go in the terms of, you know, somebody broke in my house right now. That's not of God. That's somebody that's went away from God, you know. And so if they would try to be if that person before breaking in houses would try to be who they are at a higher level. And not allow themselves to be at this low level human being state where they're only fixed on getting their needs met and they don't care how, you know, cause when we are in our soul or higher level, whatever you want to call it, it is a space where only goodness flows through and it is healing for ourselves and for others. Cause I feel yeah. that when I, the first time I gave a talk on a, to a group about my NDE, I was suddenly levitating as I told about my drowning hovering above the pond. Suddenly I was back there hovering above the pond. So I felt who I was at the higher level, like you're putting words to it. And then I told about my NDE at 25 and when I was in heaven and I was back feeling I was in the bright white light. And so I could feel myself at that higher level. And I was like levitating rest of the day. I had to go other things. I had to go to Walmart, get my granddaughter a bike for her birthday, I had to go to this birthday party. But I am levitating. I am still at that level all day. And I was hooked on that feeling. And that's why I do the podcast, because like right yeah. now I'm getting there again, you know because yeah. we're talking about it and I get back in that level. Now I won't stay there, you know, I'll get mad later somewhere you're taking, you know, and I'll come back down, but I love being in that level. And I have also found personally when I'm at that level and around people, and if I can get at that level, I will be like knowing, like I may say, that's going to need wound care. And like, how could you know that? Or don't go that way because something or I suddenly just know I have this intelligence that I normally don't have. And it's just a matter of getting into that level. And it's a really, it's training yourself. Like, do you have to prepare yeah. before you do one of these to get out of your butt white self? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and, and I do get know into what that you mean. Place. Well, yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing that. It's a beautiful, beautiful um, experience what you're explaining for your, um, you know, your near death experience. 
Um, yeah, that's that's really a great way to put it. So um, getting out of the small part of me, um, the frustrated part of me, I think that's always going to be kind of there for all of us. You know, I mean, it's very human to be human, to have things that we have to deal with. Um, but yeah, I, I, before I work on people, absolutely. I mean, I, I get into a, a quiet space and I connect with that part of me, that higher part, that soul of part of me, because that part of me knows best. And I don't want to interfere with any of the, um, or, ha- or bring my opinion to, or interfere with the experience um, that the other person is having. Um, that would be what I would consider like a violation or an imposition to impose what my beliefs are, or what my, um, how I think that they should be, you know. So when people come to me, generally speaking, they feel like they feel very safe and very open because I do spend time to get to that place where I can assist people um, or that that part of me, that soul part of me, that God part of me can come through and help. Um, so it really isn't about me at the end of the day. You know, I'm just, um, I'm just there for support and for listening and helping people. I have noticed recently, I just didn't put it together. When I'm in a store and I'm at my higher level, I didn't, I thought, why is people stopping looking at me? And I real just realized it just clicked. It's when I'm in a higher level, people will just stop and just look right at me. They'll smile or they'll just stop and look right in my eyes. And I'm like, I'm thinking, why do people keep looking at me? <laughs> but if I'm like in a, you know, regular, regular mood, you know, I don't even notice anybody around me, but it just seems like I'll, I'll stop. I'm like, they like they see something or like they're like, huh? I'm like, okay, I know my podcast isn't popular. You know, everybody in the world doesn't see me on podcast. <laughs> right. So why? But it's true. It does affect. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, when you are, are what you explain in that higher level, you, you do have a profound effect on the world. And um, but at the same time, you could, you know, you could be passing somebody and it they could be having a profound effect on you and you don't know it, or you do notice it. I mean, it's, it's just incredible. You know, we have, um, there's so many people out there. I believe, you know, there's so many people, there's people in the public, but there's so many people that aren't in the public that, you know, they might be washing the toilets or they might be, you know, struggling in their earthly self, but they have an incredible connection with God, you know, um, and they could be, but yeah, to go back to what you're saying, yeah, absolutely. I mean, being in that space. Yeah, I mean, I mean don't, don't have... you start talking to me or say something or just a little chit chat? Yeah. Like, this is, yeah. I'm in, in that space, I'm in that zone. And it's just like, I pick up on everything and I'm happy about everything and, and accepting. But if I'm not in that mood, it's not non existent. Yeah. Strange. Yeah, it's it's like the the vision kind of narrows when you're when you're not in that space. It can. And when you're in that space, it expands. It's like the idea of being expanded or contracted. But yeah, because that part of you is is all loving and all knowing, like you said, a knowingness, right? Yeah. And um and 
people are really desiring that right now or they they need they feel like they really need that i mean there's so many people that are are lost there's having a very difficult time in the world but if we can stay in that space just doing what you're doing going out you know wherever you are you're having a, a profound effect on them i mean profound and um i believe so good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just hope by us talking about it, I mean, I'm not trying to make myself special or anything because I think we're all that way mm. and we just don't have mm. words to it and we don't talk about it because I'm just now starting to realize more and more, but um, that how much prayer can change. And like you say, be careful what you pray for because somebody's always listening. Yeah. And I've heard so many times that uh, on guests, like a few days before their NDE or a few days before their profound spiritual experience, something happened where they were calling out to God and asking yes. God something. And then it was a few days later when you started your story and told me that I thought, isn't that something I started to connect the dots of this is like, like you say, be careful what you pray for because they are listening. It may not happen right that moment, but somebody's getting together and saying, what can we do to create this for this person? And it, right. you know, it might be a bike wreck or, you know, what happened to me in my crisis, right for law school that I end up not going <clears throat> or any, you know, a cancer scare or, you know, who knows that will, because yes. we, we have no, that's too, that's too much for us. Our brains cannot decide you know our parents can well let's send him to camp and that will straighten him out you know or let's send him to sunday school maybe that maybe it won't work but in that land of knowing these guys these angels the people in communication with god and jesus you know who knows how it all works but when you know it's there out yes. of experience then you can go forward in your life and almost create a different life well, you can create a different life for yourself and everybody yeah. around you. I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and we don't have to go through NDEs, you know, like I, to, to, um, we can just pray, you know, every day, like you said, or whenever we feel like we need to about something. Um, we don't have to have a near death experience to, um to have experiences that bring us closer to the divine um we can do that you know just in our everyday in our everyday world without having to yeah yeah and i think it's you know trying to like you like you said who i what you say who i am i wrote it down who i am on a higher level yeah if you start noticing who you are when you're at the higher level and try to do more of that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's a good starting point. I think for people, absolutely. That, you know, and um, I know a lot of people need to see evidence, but it's, it's like, you know, channels like you, you have amazing, all of your guests have gone through all very different experiences. Some of them have never, you know, never believed in God, never, um, but, and then they had to have that experience. But um, yeah, when you can 
start from that place of getting, knowing that there is a part of you that has a greater connection with the divine or a higher part of you that knows, like that knowing you were talking about, um, that would be a good place to start, I think, and then work, go from there. You know, just like an example would be, you know, this morning, I'm thinking about how to handle someone that is abusing someone else. And I can come at it from, you know, an angle, angle of anger and, you know, retaliation, um, wanting them punished. Or I could come at the higher level is let's get them help. Let's get them the help they need. And let's be loving and honest with them about that. I'm trying to get them help. And, and it's not behind their back or to hurt them. It is a different approach of, of love instead of, I guess you would say, hate. And I always say, you know, we always have two ways to be. We can be loving or we can be hateful. And we, I suppose we can mm-hmm. be somewhere in between, but, you know, it really gears to one side or the other. And, it, and I think it's a conscious decision all the time and how we relate to ourselves and everyone. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, and then when you, when you decide you make that choice to come from love um, and you, you, you actually have more ideas about how to solve the situation, you know, when, when you come from a hateful place or a resentful place, you're not going to have those ideas or that knowing of what to do next, but that, that love or that higher part of you um, can actually guide you and show you options it's like the higher like the higher mind or the or the higher intelligence of knowing what's best for that other person best for you but i i agree completely when you come from a place of love you have a situation that you have to deal with right now if you come from that place you're going to have be much more clear about what you what how to move forward from that place and it's going to really open your heart as well so um and you're going to get more cooperation. Yeah. You know, someone knows that you're sincerely trying to help and you're, you sincerely care and love them versus I'm going to get your butt thrown in jail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you might be surprised what, what other support you get from whatever other directions, but um, yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a good, that's a really great way to, to uh, start from this has been really interesting you really gave me a lot to think about is there anything else (laughs) you'd like to add um i don't believe so i mean i just i'm very grateful for for you and creating the space and um and having you know um having a place for people like me that that are incredibly sensitive and and not really even out <laughs> in the world that much to be able to express uh, their experiences. And I think it's an absolutely wonderful thing that you're doing. And um, do you yeah, have a website I, that people can contact you for your service? I do. Yeah. So it's, it's called Radical Heartworks. It's radical like cool. And then heart works so um dot com i'll put that in the description okay thank you very much thank you yeah thank you (laughs) okay bye-bye bye